back to the podcast. This show, we chat with Emma Lloyd, who talks about her love of analog photography and her, um, the interesting movements that she's involved in to get more women and um, minorities into film photography in a safe, uh, in a safe manner. And, uh, we talk to Emma about her background, uh, what's next for her after leaving Analog Wonderland, and a little bit about pinhole photography. Hello and welcome back to the Lensless Podcast, it's show 134. just like to thank our last guest, the, the rather lovely Christian Fiedler, who shared some of his uh, brilliant solography images. Uh, and if you haven't seen Christian's work, go and check out his, uh, his Instagram at Lost uh, Primitive Pines. That's it, not Lost, not lost Pinhell. Primitive Pines. Um, and you'll be a standard at the work. And give a listen to the show because uh, he talks in depth about, you know, working on long-term projects. Anyway, we're very pleased to be back and uh, hopefully we're going to try and put some shows out a bit more regularly as we move into the autumn. So I'm really, really pleased that um, uh, Emma Lloyd is joining us today. Uh, how are you doing, Emma? Hi. Hello. I'm good, thank you. We're a little bit early, so... Um, um, Let's hope we're all uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> got our coffee and uh, mm -hmm. wide and wide awake. There used to be a program with my kids, a little called the Wide Awake Show, but you won't remember that because you're far too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I became aware of you, Emma, when you joined Analog Wonderland, and um, wow, I mean that's that's just a story in itself, probably. Um, but why don't why don't we start by um, just doing the normal thing and just say, well, who is Emma? Who is Emma Lloyd? Um, tell us about yourself and and your story so far, and we'll see where that uh, takes us. Sure. Um, so I graduated from a fine art degree in 2020, which wasn't the best year to graduate, but hey. No. Um, sorry, so, so that's really interesting. So you're a COVID... Um, a COVID... Yeah, yeah, COVID grad. COVID grad. Yeah. So, d d so, but all leading up, you, so that's your graduation year when COVID was at its mm -hmm. mainstream, when it really hit. But uh, it's those peak, people who yeah. people who came afterwards or had to do all their studying through the period. Did you have to do any of your studying or stuff online, or or did you kind of yeah. miss it? Yeah, um, yeah, it was tricky because my course was so practical, and we really relied on, you know, the darkroom or the studio was in whatever facilities we had at uni so we all just had to come home and kind of adapt our practices to what we had available which was really hard especially with you know the differences in kind of financial backgrounds between students you know some could go home and had a studio in their parents basement or something and others had to pick up a pencil and completely change whatever they were doing um so yeah it was definitely tough and um, what what was your, what did you major in, if that's the right term? In, uh... Uh, so, yeah, I sort of specialised in um, analogue practices. It wasn't, ah. uh, it, it was photography, but it was more the process after. So I did a lot of abstraction techniques in the darkroom, solarisation, um, like chemical manipulation and, and that sort of thing. 
And then my final project was going to be a big tiled display of prints uh, using liquid light. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, liquid emulsion. Um, I was going to sort of tile the fireplace with all these pictures from throughout my degree, uh, but that never happened, sadly. We didn't get our degree show in the end, so. Oh, no. Just did a little PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> so on, um, on our other podcast, um, large format photography podcast, the last show we inter we re-interviewed Graham Vasey. And um, Graham uses liquid emulsion pretty much for everything he does. He works out in, oh, the, cool. uh, in the Yorkshire Moors. And um, he talks about his intimate connection with, with landscape and why he loves liquid emulsions for his work. Mm. Anyway, so, um, yeah, sorry, I... I Jumped in a little bit when you were talking about your your degree work, but uh, carry, carry on here. Yeah. So twenty, we're in twenty twenty, and you've 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 graduated. Yeah, uh, so graduated, and then uh, it was just a weird time. I think after uni, you want to travel and have that kind of breather, but that wasn't really an option. So I eventually found a job at Analog Wonderland. Yeah, how did that? Um, how did that happen? Uh. I think I'd got a wonder box for Christmas, our like film subscription and just really loved the company. I like, found them on Instagram and I actually emailed Paul and said, do you have any jobs going? I'm a desperate graduate, help me. Um, and he didn't at the time. And then I think after Christmas, uh, they needed a bit of extra help in the warehouse. So he reached out to me and I came in for a trial shift. So you, you had an, a wonder box. Now, wonder, wonder boxes are there. I think they've just started them up again. If I, yeah, it's so our film subscription. Yeah, and um, you get a box of treats, uh, of mm -hmm. licorice, licorice all sorts every month. Yeah, yeah, you get uh, six films, a little sort of goodie, mm -hmm. and normally uh, a flyer to promote another business in the film community, which is always nice. No, it's great. I love what... Um, I was going to say you guys, but you've just re very recently just left. Um, yeah. Wonder, but we'll, we're, we're jumping way ahead, so we'll come on. Mm. We'll come on to that. So you said you were clearly into film photography at that point. If you had a wonder box, so when did that love of film photography kick in? How did you discover that? Was it through um, parents? Yeah, or? Uh, I always sort of had a camera growing up. Like I had mm -hmm. one of those little digi cams throughout my childhood remember always using that and then yeah. at uni um discovered the darkroom there and just that's where I spent most of my time I absolutely loved it um but didn't quite realize um I mean the film community is small but it was much bigger than I sort of imagined it to be at uni we only really had access to black and white films and Ilford and that's kind of all I thought there was so yep. when I found Analog Wonderland and saw just how much was going on and how many people were still so enthusiastic about film. My lecturers thought I was kind of dreaming to ever get a job in, in that industry or related to film photography. That's interesting. So the lecturers were a little bit disconnected from what was, what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were really surprised um, when I got my job and told them about it. They thought it was really cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the time, it just sort of seemed like a, a 
I don't know the word for it, like film as a medium, like some students use paint or print yeah. rather than as a kind of industry in itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'd have thought the lecturers would have been a little bit more up to speed, wouldn't you? Yeah, wouldn't you? you would. I think, to be honest, because uh, I did a fine art degree rather than photography, right? Yeah, there was even now, I think there's quite a divide between photography and art, and whether it's a real kind of art form. I think a lot mm -hmm. of the lecturers were. I don't know, just a, a bit like judgmental about it or or didn't see it as something that took the same skill as so you just sort of yeah. pressing a button and didn't really appreciate it in the same way. I mean that's a huge age old argument discussion, right. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. When you go back to the the dawn of photography when mm. photographers I think probably were so unsure of where they stood in the in the quotes art world. They emulated painters, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I had a great lecturer at uni um, who was so, so passionate about analogue photography and um, was doing a research project himself, um, printing on kind of like silver and precious metals and just that's what kind of kept me going, I think. Mm. Just having someone with that passion... Um, definitely yeah i think that really helps doesn't it if you're yeah. i think if you're passionate about anything it could be <laughs> bear with me here it could be matchboxes or yeah. stamps or uh, bottle tops if you're passionate about it enough you can make it seem really interesting and in engaging can't you yeah definitely yeah. yeah well so it was good to hear that the was was it uh uh what uni was it was it was it did, did i read loughborough or was that yeah loughborough yeah yeah so they have uh, darkroom facilities still? Uh... Uh, I hope so. When I was mm. there, um, I was really fighting to get access for the darkroom. Um, we had our lecturer who was obviously teaching, but he was often being called to sort of be a technician, which wasn't really his job. Yeah. Um, so they needed more technicians to kind of run the space. But I think that's why I'm so passionate about like community darkrooms and those sorts of things because these skills really are just gone and could just die out and that was sort of the case at my uni they didn't have anyone with the knowledge to run it mm. so i hope it's well, they need there. to uh, they, they need to access the you know the social media world and and generate some interest yeah know. definitely yeah. definitely so um, what uh, what kind of kit do they have in the dark room um we had two i'm not very good with the terms of them but two decent enlargers that my lecture yep. called the, like professional ones and then uh -huh. about like 10 or 12 kind of smaller more basic ones okay so reasonable um, yeah it was a good reasonable. size we had like the dip and dunk development tanks which i always okay. enjoyed um <laughs> Yeah, we could process our film now, which was really fun. So you got cheap film from uni and then could just come yeah, and process it yourself later on. Uh, did you have did you have a dark room at home at that point or No, so when I got sent home with COVID I got an enlarger from Mr. Cad in London and sort of set up a space at home to try and keep going with what I was doing at uni. Um haven't used it much recently. I'm hoping now I've 
left Anna Le Gondoland, I can do a bit of printing for the next month or so, but we will see. <laughs> yeah. So you, you joined Analog Wonderland in 2021? Yeah, 2021. And started off, what, literally working in the, in, a, in the, in the warehouse? Yeah, or? yeah, as a warehouse operative. There was only, I think, literally five of us at the time, including Paul and Mary. So yeah. it's absolutely mad how, how much the team has grown in that time. How many are there now? I'd say nearly 30 or so. Wow, really? Yeah, we've got the team in Bristol with Silverpan too. So there's um, oh, yes, some of more course. kind of yeah. off-site. Like every yeah. week I'd come in and be like, hi, nice to meet you. Just felt like the hmm. team was constantly growing. So, wow. yeah. I suppose that, um, that that's really good, but it, it must... I wonder if Paul harks back to the simple days, <laughs> you know, the early days <laughs> when life I was simpler. Yeah, I think we do reminisce quite a lot. Um, but yeah, we've, we only moved into our new space not that long ago. I think it was 2022 maybe, and we're already thinking, oh my gosh, we're outgrowing this. Um, mm -hmm. And even though I only was there for like two and a half years, it just felt so much longer, I think, because the business changed so much in that time and was constantly evolving. Yeah, um, that was always so, really exciting. Yeah. So I think you know you you've played a huge part, I think, in that development and just oh, through okay. the out, outreach into 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 the analog community. But when did when did Paul? I'm assuming it was Paul say to you, "Hey, that's enough stacking boxes. Come and come and do something uh, uh, different." Yeah. Um. So I started in the January, and then it was International Women's Day in March and I said to Paul I'd like really like to do something for it so I was still working in the warehouse at the time but um, started a competition for women photographers um, through the hashtag she hearts film and did like a little google entry form and wasn't really expecting it to take off but we had like nearly 300 entries I think and I think Paul was like shocked and impressed at how well I'd I'd gone with it and um, just asked me to help with the marketing following that really. So why do you think the so the she hearts film sort of hashtag is that's mm -hmm. what you, you you coined that didn't didn't you? Yeah so it's an analog wonderland initiative but I like to think of myself as the founder of yeah, it. Yeah <laughs> you, you are yeah you, you, it's, you. It's, it's yours it's yours. Yeah. It's, forget <laughs> Forget Analog Wonderland. Um, <laughs> what, why do you think that, was it a coming together of lots of things that made it so popular? I mean, I'm, I'm very conscious of the, you know, um, uh, you know, the movement that grew up around, you know, abuse mm. to women and, you know, invading spaces and the whole, that whole movement. And, and, and then there was COVID, people started reevaluating yeah. all sorts of things. I mean, do you, do you think it was a combination of lots of things that made it popular and what? Were women looking for a voice, do you think? In... I think so. I mean, I, at the time I was working with uh, my friend Emily in the warehouse and we'd often have the conversation about women in film and just how even our Instagram feeds were so just like not diverse at all and how that wasn't yeah. very interesting. And yeah. then there was one in the news at the time, I think the Sarah Everard case had happened around that time. Um which was just really dark and scary and I think freaked a lot of women out. So 
I think we both just wanted something like really positive at that time and just something nice to focus on um, because that was really dominating the news stories. Um, and I'd gone on a photo walk, I think the first one with Paul, it was a bit after March actually um, in Oxford that he organised and I think I was one of maybe three women there, including mm-hmm. Paul's wife. Yeah. And I was just like, I know, I know there are people out there, women out there that shoot film and we just need to kind of find them and give them the confidence to, to get out here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it absolutely completely because I mean, I'm, I was aware of the Oxford one. I think I was too scared to go then. I was still into, I'm not going anywhere near people kind of mode still yeah and I felt yeah. it was I felt it was a little bit a little bit early but I started going on photo meetups I suppose through social media once I got mm-hmm. I spent the dark days for me were coming of digital and um, uh, before social media took off in particular Twitter mm-hmm. and Twitter has been you know for an old guy like me you know in my late 50s for an old guy like me, Twitter has been a revelation, you know, meeting, yeah. interacting with people. It's re- it reinvigorated things. And it started in 2012 for me when those guys from America came over, the film photography project guys. And that was one of the earliest meetups I went on. But that was, I, th- I think that was all men. And, yeah. then I, and then I started getting into Polaroid photography before it completely became out of the reach of ordinary people, peel apart mm-hmm. stuff, you know. And then I discovered there were a lot of women into 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 that, uh, and I don't, I don't know why, but I went on to meetups in London, and the gender balance seemed to be more, you know, more even, more evenly split. It was still male dominated, but there were yeah. certainly women. But there were, I can understand the reluctance, you know, of saying, "Well, okay, uh, I'm going to go on this meetup. Who's going to be there, and you know, yeah. what, what are they, what are they like?" So you're you're kind of creating this safe safe space you know this safe bright interesting space I mean like 99% of the men I've met in the industry are absolutely lovely and have been so kind and taught me loads but I think if you are a woman in film that doesn't necessarily have any other friends in film and you see there's a photo walk but Mm. 90% of the sign-ups are men um yeah you're probably not gonna want to go or gonna feel comfortable so uh, the idea with the photo walks to start with, at least, was just give women the confidence, see what a great is, and make friends that they could then bring to other photo walks, and hopefully that would just get the ball rolling to make things more diverse in general. So the um, the pictures I've seen that you've, you and others have shared of the meetups, they just look—I mean, they just look fabulous. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the best days. I love them so much. Uh, how many have you had now? Hmm meetups maybe six or seven it doesn't sound a lot but that's included no it is um yeah a few photo walks we've done some exhibitions we rented out a studio a few months ago and did like a studio day which was really cool um yeah we've had a few with uh sponsors i've done one with ilford and a cine still walk which was great because we did that it was like a cine still after hours walk, which we did at night time. The idea being, you know, a lot of men might take it for granted that they could just walk around on their, you know, not feel vulnerable. Um, so there was about 40 of us walking around uh, London and Soho with 
800T, which was that was one of my favourite walks we've done. That was really good. Uh, when when was was that a fairly recent? One? No, that was. I think that was no, November. Oh, was it? Twenty twenty one, even okay. so, quite a long time ago. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if I'm in London or a big city at night time by myself with, mm. with a camera, I mean, I'm going to feel pretty pretty vulnerable. Mm. But I, and I can only imagine, you know, a, a woman alone. It's going to be multiply it you know yeah yeah so it was a good feeling to all walk around together yeah. with these heavy brick-like cameras and <laughs> weapons and it, it was yeah. fun it was empowering feeling yeah no that's brilliant and are you are there more on the cards i know it, it, your involvement might be tempered a little bit but may, maybe not maybe you'll take the she hearts meet-up yeah, idea to wherever to wherever you end up i would definitely like to so she hearts film will definitely um live with analog wonderland and amy who's uh taken over from me i know she's got um a walk planned i don't think it's been announced yet but she was planning one for later in october so she's definitely going to continue on the legacy and a few people have told me i should start a Sheila Hart's film in Australia. So I, <laughs> That's I really good. Yes, yeah, I definitely like to carry on with those meetups because even just for me, moving to a new country like that's such a great way to make friends and meet people with the same interests. So yeah, I'd love so, to do so that. So let's talk a let's talk a little bit. Um, I know we're probably jumping a little bit, but let's talk about Australia because you're moving to what is historically been, you know, quite a you know, I was going to say misogynist. I don't think it is misogynist, but you know, yeah. there, there's this there's this view, isn't there, of, of your typical that. of your typical male Australian, you know, and yeah. the way they the way they would ref, perhaps refer to women. Um, yeah. And and there you are going. Do you do you think it's like that still? Or I don't know. If it is, no. I'll go and sort them out. Go and sort them out. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so why but... why why Australia then? Um, my mum did the same thing when she was my age and still yeah. talks about it. And yeah. I think as much as I'd loved Analog Wonderland so much, it felt like um, just wanted a, a new challenge, something a bit different and wasn't sure where, what that would be job-wise. So just thought, and I kind of missed out on that because of COVID. I didn't get to do the summer of traveling I wanted to, um, just yeah. went straight into a job. So Kind of, yeah, it just felt like the right time. So you're going to Australia for how long? The indefinite future. I don't oh. know. So are you are you emigrating sort of officially? How does how does it work for, to go to Australia Not and live there really. indefinitely? Um, so if we've just got a one way ticket, planning yeah. like a year or two. So we've just gone on a working holiday visa. Mm. Um, so that gives you one year, but you can renew it for up to three years so you've got okay. flexibility yeah and will you presumably at some point you'll look for some kind of work yeah um we've sort of planned up to december in terms of traveling um mm -hmm. and then yeah going to look for some kind of sponsored job hopefully but yeah, I just want like a mental break from work. I'm gonna not work sure. as long as I can. Well, so what's what's on the 
what's on the agenda between now and Christmas and where, where, where you're going to be traveling to? Um, so we fly to Shanghai and we're there for a week and then we go to Malaysia for another week and from there we fly to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, we're there for about two weeks then we're going to drive to Adelaide which will take about five days and then from there we fly to Cairns and we've rented a big camper van so we're going to drive down the east coast for about a month and then finish uh, for New Year's Eve in Sydney. Wow so when you're in Cairns um, we were there in my then girlfriend who's been my wife for Long-suffering wife of thirty-three years. Mm. We were there. We were there in ninety-four, and we, but we we'd organised joining up with a an outback. Well, they called it an outback tour. I don't know. I can't quite remember. It was a four-wheel drive small bus anyway, which held about fifteen twenty people, and they took us up into the Daintree rainforest. And um, yeah, I'd love to do that. So that's just maybe north of Cairns, I think, mm-hmm. uh, up towards Cookstown, I think I seem to recall. I remember spending a night in the rainforest. I mean, that's, that sounds really basic, but it, we were in proper, you know, nice accommodation for the swimming mm-hmm. and things. Uh, but I remember them touting the eco-friendly nature of the, of the location. They were trying to make it eco-tourism back in the early days of yeah. eco-tourism. Um, but yeah, you'll have, a, you'll have a fabulous time. Watch out for the for the flying dogs that leap out of trees oh as you walk God. down, as you walk down the high street in cans at nighttime. <laughs> so, yeah. So they, they have fruit bats hanging upside down. And I was talking to somebody recently and they're still there. These fruit bats are huge. They're like Alsatians <laughs> with wings. Oh my God. And as you walk along, they all drop out of the trees <laughs> and they land in your hair. No, they don't. But, um, yeah, they're huge. I'm probably exaggerating the size. I mean, you know, they're not hmm. really as big as Alsatians, but it's, um, it's a wonder a wonder to behold. Mm. Cameras, you taking, have you gone through the um, anxiety of, are you just taking uh, all the kit you've got? or? No, I'm going to try and really limit myself, but I keep changing my mind. I think hmm. I just need to write, like, a list of everything I have. Yeah. I'm thinking... Maybe a couple of point and sheets, a Polaroid, and my like an SLR camera. Maybe. Come on, uh, you're on the lens. You're on the lens. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Um, so the pinhole that I tweeted about, really, um, so had a few issues. So I've sent that off to be repaired. So hopefully that will be back in time, and then I'll take that with me too. That's a really light one, so I'm not worried about that. That's the. Is that the Mia? Yeah, it's printed, so yeah, um, it's quite an easy one to bring with me. Yeah, yeah. We we had um, uh, Andrea on the show a little while ago, and uh, lovely lovely guy. I've I've started doing these. um, I think I got the idea from Sunny Sixteen Presents. So they were in my head. They were going to be like offshoots of the podcast, although, uh, and they were called Spotlight on manufacturers, really. So I was I've done Walker cameras and Mia pinhole cameras so far just half an hour they were meant to be half an hour but the walker one turned into an hour because it just seemed rude to stop it after an hour after half an hour um so uh, yeah he's a lovely he's a lovely a lovely guy um the the technology 3d printing has just enabled you know opened up the world hasn't it for small people like steve lloyd and and andrea 
and and yeah, others amazing yeah it's recorded hasn't gone out yet an episode last week about kind of uh film and and technology and how these new processes are kind of opening up all these possibilities and i think 3d printing is definitely a big one there um with yeah. with what it can do it's really exciting so uh, my my daughter is 25 i think um, oh, yeah. she lives in liverpool and she first got into film photography through her dad of course uh -huh. we went i took her into london in 2013 and uh, we we're on the train and she said and she would have been so what was that 10 years yeah, so she'd have been about 15 14 or 15 she said um we were going on a polaroid meetup because i was as i said i was well into polaroid stuff and and still am and uh, but we were going on a polaroid meetup with um probably four or five women and four or five guys who had met on Flickr because Flickr used to be the place, you see. Mm. Flick, Flickr was the place for interaction, not just sharing photographs, um, really, uh, as Twitter was just starting up. But um, she, she was on the train with me and she said, well, who are, we, who, who are we meeting, Dad? I said, oh, there's this and that. She said, well, have you met them before? I said, no. <laughs> uh, she said, and, ha and how did you? I said, I met them online. She said, you hypocrite, she said to me. <laughs> I said, yeah, but it's kind of, I said, I wouldn't ever encourage you to just strike yeah. up a relationship with somebody online and go and meet them. Of course not. But this, there is this sort of burgeoning, beginning community of film photographers who are using Twitter and Flickr and other places to, to meet up. But uh, when we were there, um, one of the guys who's now, who now lives in the States, he gave her a um, Instax mini camera, and that was her first... Uh, sort of introduction to it and then a few yeah. years later a few years later i bought her an om2 for christmas and she, she loved it and i was because she was still then at university and didn't have a lot of cash i was buying a film and sent it sent it to her and uh, she never developed or anything like that she was just using local labs uh, she's met rachel a couple of times at various oh, shows I saw and things. Rachel yesterday yeah yeah. She, she's doing really well isn't she and expanding yeah, what she does yeah. but um georgia georgia had always um had a a very worldwide conscientious view of of life and she's now a vegan she in you know in like the way dads do she turned into a vegan um, a couple of years ago and not just through food, but for concern about, you know, the sustainability, the environment, yeah. materials that we use. And, of course, right in the middle of that is film. And now yeah. she's really she's really torn, you know, because she, she hasn't actually put a film through that camera since she went fully vegan. Uh, she was vegetarian for a while. And, and it's saying, well, you know, it's like ground-up cow bones, basically, yeah. isn't it? Well... Karen, who was my boss at Analog Wonderland, she's vegan as well. Um, so we've had that conversation a few times, but I think the way she thinks about it is that her lifestyle is pretty environmentally friendly as it is. So it's kind of the one small sacrifice she's doing, but that she's there's sort of a balance in that, you know, her yeah. diet's vegan and she's eco-friendly in other ways. And then yeah. also that... Um, the gelatin used it, it's like a byproduct rather than animals being killed specifically for film but yeah it is an interesting sort of topic um 
Ed, is it Ed Carr from Sustainable Darkroom mm-hmm. has done loads of research on it. He's he's done a whole dissertation paper. I'd recommend that she takes a look at. Okay. And, um, he's got a graphic in there that shows kind of the number of cows that are used for film and industry in the year. And in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge number, but, you know, it's like, where do you draw the line sort of thing? Yeah, because I say... I said to Georgia, well, you know, you're, you're using your mobile phone. I mean, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to tire into knots. I'm trying to come up with, have that sensible discussion that you had, you know, in turn, you know, where do you draw the, where do you draw the line? I mean, she does a huge amount, you know, to, um, to try and mitigate damage to the world. Um, but she uses a phone, I use a phone. And then we hear horror stories about how much CO2 is being pumped into the air through storage facilities, for example, all the rare metals that they put into phones and dredging the bottom of the earth, you know, bottom, yeah. of, the sea, bottom of the seabeds. So do, do you just cut yourself off completely exactly. from, from life? I don't know. I think if you were to look into the ethics of almost any product that you use yeah. on the day-to-day, there'd probably be some kind of horror story or, you know, people not being treated right. So... Yeah. Okay. So Georgie, it, I'll send you this show. You, you need to listen to Emma and look <laughs> look up. Uh, yeah. Get 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 a grip, Georgia. Uh, have a have a look at Ed Carr's Sustainable Darkroom. Yeah, he does really cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. So um. Okay. So you're taking some cameras, including a pinhole. Um, yeah. And uh, you're you're off on your off on your travels and see where that might. Uh, that might lead you and you're hoping to i think you need to end you need to start your own analog wonderland in australia don't you or or get paul to set, set you up as a subsidiary or something how about that, that? Would be cool. there are a few um film shops quite similar to us um film never die is out there okay um they uh they're the company that has like the film vending machines dotted about the place i don't know if you've seen that i have yeah that just seems a really cool idea yeah they're really cool so i'm hoping i could connect with them somehow yeah i'm sure you Um, will yeah i'm sure it'll work out what you need to do is just enjoy those few months and see where see where life uh uh, yeah because you you know you guys missed a load of stuff a load of fun through covid i I feel i feel really bad i mean both our kids went through university one in liverpool one um somewhat closer to home um but they you know at least they could go to lectures and do interact with folks yeah yeah so you're a podcaster aren't you with grain splaining now i have to i have to confess to and don't take this personally it's not just your podcast i haven't listened to i i was an avid podcast listener before all sorts of things got in the way and I'm very, very out of touch these days. Okay. And, uh, uh, um, <laughs> thank you. Um, you're, you're, you're on my follow list along with um, uh, C41, which I think probably haven't put a show out in a while. Um, uh, what else is on there? Um, I don't know. OLFPP. And mm-hmm. so there's a host of film photography ones. Some are more regular than others. But mm-hmm. uh, so Sunny 16 was, was one of my... Uh, remains one of my favorite podcasts even though I haven't listened to it in a, in a while yeah. so I, I remember listening to all the early episodes and emailing Graham and Aid religiously um, asking lots of stupid questions about all sorts of things this is before I did any podcasting yeah, and they were and they were just lovely and I love the idea of um, 
so they, they started this i don't know who whether it was graham or, or what they started this sort of idea of um sunny 16 presents sort of providing other people with a voice yeah and, and 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 you've somehow sort of tapped into that with mm-hmm. something called grain explaining so come on then tell us about how you um how that concept arose and how you um how, how you and, and, how, and how the podcast started um so graham i think had had both alex and me on the podcast at separate times and just thought we were fairly entertaining, I guess, and that we'd be a good duo for a podcast. They asked yeah. if we'd be interested. And then the name, uh, we really struggled on that for a while. It was actually one of my friends who came up with it and it, it just made sense. I think Alex and I would often rant to each other about different men in our <laughs> DM things to us in a patronising way. Mm. So mm. It was just kind mm. of a play on that. Um, but trying to I don't know reclaim the word into something positive and hopefully we are talking about film in a way that's you know accessible and friendly and light-hearted and not intimidating so hopefully that's what grain spawning can become. So I'm going to push it towards my daughter to um, I'm desperately trying to encourage her to reinvigorate her love of analog photography without, wor- without worrying about it so I'll push it towards the grain spawning uh uh, podcast. So it's it's you and Alexander, Alexander yeah. Her- Heron. Yeah. Yep, me and Alex. Um, Alex hasn't been uh, on as many episodes lately. She's got a crazy job with um, uh, the photographer Rankin in London, which is really yeah, she's very insanely demanding, and she's okay. worked very hard. Um, so that's yeah, really exciting for her. But um, she sort of dips in and out of it at the mm-hmm. moment. But, um, yeah, we've really enjoyed it. It's, it's been fun. And are you hoping to carry on? I mean, there's no boundaries, are there, for podcasting? You can take a Other than the podcast. time difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, I'd, I'd really like to. I think now that She Hearts Film is sort of um, parked with Analog Wonderland, I would like to take grain spooning further and, and continue with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice way to chat to people and... And we've we've seen, you know, how it's helped people and I think especially women in film finding it accessible or just refreshing to hear some of the things we've talked about that wouldn't necessarily be discussed on like other shows. And there aren't many um female hosts of film photography podcasts in the community. It's a couple I can think of. So it's a good space we're sort of carving out that I'd, I'd like to keep going. Yeah. So, you, um, I remember you going on a on a, a long holiday. Was it last year to um, various places? Yeah. So I did um, Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam for about a month last year. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what cameras did you take with you on that trip? Ooh, not that many. I think I just took my. Pentax, Pentax K1000 yeah. and yeah. two point and shoots, only one of which survived the journey. Um, were you travelling alone or were you with someone? Um, so it was actually a trip that I was meant to go on with my university um, as part of our, we call it our RAG department, which is like our charity department. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was a volunteer trip. 
postponed about three times because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So even though I'd graduated like three years ago, whatever it was, I only went on the trip last year. Um, so yeah, I was volunteering for about two weeks and then um, met my boyfriend out there and then traveled a bit further afterwards. Okay. Uh, how, for the elements of solo traveling, how did you, how did or do you do you find it? Um, I I never really felt like I was really solo traveling because it was a volunteering trip. You were with a lot okay. of people, and yeah. I think um, the nice thing about going to places that are kind of on the the backpackers bucket list is there are so many western backpackers there and you know you could start in one place in thailand and then be on the complete other end of it and and meet someone that you met in a hostel a few weeks ago um so it's a really friendly nice atmosphere and and everyone's just so better connected now like I was talking to my mum about it because she went to australia at my age but you know she would literally have to write home or pay for an expensive call home but you know yeah. I could be in touch with my family at any point really so I think it is very different th- when it comes to I, that it, it is yeah I'm, I'm with you I mean I've yeah, both my parents are no longer here they were quite old parents when they had me so I, I, I was off for a month or so um in interrailing on the train and mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I don't think I even spoke to my mum in that time. Yeah. And she must she must have been worried sick. She must have yeah. been. She never, she never said. I mean, I would be, uh, you know, as a parent, um, when, when our daughter went off to America for a semester, we were worried sick. Well, my, wife was, worried. my wife was up all night as she travelled out there and I was snoring apparently. But anyway, that's another story. Hmm. And, you know, and but at least Georgia could get in touch with us, you know, when, when she was dumped off in the dark by the bus from the airport and there was no one to meet her in the middle of a campus in Georgia and she came on the phone in tears you know? oh. <laughs> and um, I was asleep apparently and missed it all not yeah, that she helped interesting I think my yeah. mum's finally kind of understanding how her mum must have felt at the time and yeah my grand's going oh you must be so worried about her like I'm so sorry she's leaving but I think I'd talk to them just as much as I do now, probably. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, our, our, you know, we've got a kid in, uh, a kid, you know, grown-up daughter in, uh, in, in Liverpool. <coughs> Excuse me. And a son who lives around the corner with his girlfriend. And they still want to, um, I say, it's just a way of life for them. And it's lovely that they just want to mm-hmm. do a, like a family video chat every few days, you know. And he lives around the corner, you know, but it's it's... It, isn't it just brilliant you know that yeah. you can just you can just hit a button and suddenly see somebody it's like when I was growing up it was like science fiction to be able to hold something in your hand and see a and, and have a, a video conference you know yeah and just keeping in touch with people I think is easier now yeah. Yeah. like I'm still in touch with people from my primary school probably but I think when my mum was growing up even unless you had their landline like <laughs> Well, you, you'd have to walk down the bottom of the hallway and use the telephone, you see. Yeah, exactly. Or go out, or go out to the call box. Mm. So, anyway, should we talk just briefly about pinhole photography? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, it, in terms of all the sort of film-based analog photography mediums, then lensless, I think, offers some of the most creative yeah uh, and and thoughtful 
um, opportunities at, yeah. and at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a limited cost because, you know, you go yeah. on one of Rachel's pinhole workshops and she'll show you how to make a pinhole camera out of a shoebox probably or, or a ta- Chinese takeaway box, you know, with a, with a pin in a, in a bit of tinfoil. Yeah. So um, t- tell me about your, what I hope is going to be a burgeoning love of pinhole camera. And you took it to, you took your camera with you to the States, I think, last year. I think I took maybe a Holger one. I'm not sure. Was it the one on the merry-go-round I was looking at? Oh, that you shared? I, I think it was York. I think you've read New York, but it was just York. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh well, that's... It was still I'm nice. Hugely, I'm hugely disappointed. <laughs> um, yeah, I've dabbled in and out of pinhole. I think I love it because it's it's probably just the most accessible form of analog photography because you can just make one out of pretty much anything. So fun. Um, I remember first doing it at uni, we made them out of old beer cans. Um, And then I did a workshop as part of a She Hearts film exhibition where we made some out of matchbox cameras. And Mm -hmm. uh, the girl, Amber Jessen, who was running that, um, sort of specialised in pinhole stuff and she'd made a little um her boyfriend was a jeweler and he'd made her a ring which was also a pinhole camera which was really that's like something out of james bond isn't it although it was amazing not quite so effective tiny little bits of paper that just fit in the ring and she could do these really miniature exposures um and then for halloween uh analog wonderland one year um shannon one of my colleagues and i uh, made a camera out of a pumpkin which was really funny mm-hmm. um and yeah and then I got given this pinhole uh by me a pin with a bit um but yeah it's just re- it's really fun I think um I don't always nail the exposures and that sort of thing but there's so many um great apps now that are really helpful and 3D printing, I think, has introduced a lot of uh, fun ones. There's another one I tried. I've forgotten his name. I think Fit. No, Nils. I think. I don't know if they've uh, properly launched, but he was building these modular pinholes. So you kind of just bought the set and could add on different lenses and kind of adapt yeah, the... it. Um, he won the community fund at Analog Wonderland, and I had a go with uh, his one as well. So yeah. 3D printing, as we've said, has just opened up so many possibilities for for making things. I mean, my fir- my first pinhole camera, I've told this story many times, for, so apologies for bored listeners, was a, a wooden zero image, which were made in Hong Kong. I think they're still being made. And um, for, for about five or six years, I had that camera and, and I took it out occasionally, you know, and I didn't mm. use it huge, huge amounts. But... I, this was there was no apps for exposure and and i was kind of vaguely aware of you know extending the time for, that you need to do with some films but um i didn't really worry about it too much and i think that's that, that was the joy of it you know there was a, there was a bit of paper that came with it that said okay well if the exposure is if the indicated exposure is a second then give it 4 or 5 if it's 2 seconds give it 8 if it's 5 seconds give it 15 or something you know Hmm. and um that just seemed to work and you know um, i think you can the beauty of it is i don't don't think you need to worry overly about times you know particularly if you're only using one film you know Hmm. a lot and you get used to it 
The other one I tried recently was um, who are based in Ukraine yeah. and they make um, Instax pinhole cameras. They do, yeah. Have you have you got one? Yeah, they sent us one to try out. Um, so you have to build it together. It comes in like a <laughs> kit of little laser cut wooden pieces. Um, but yeah, really cool. It sort of looks like an old folding camera, but um, it's wooden. Yeah, there's, there's so many different possibilities with pinhole which is what makes it so fun i think and i love um so what what you want to do is um take a pinhole camera with you to australia and use it um like a, a diary recording tool i i, I really I, you know like you people use iphones well you use your pinhole camera and um, capture your day or something and then yeah, yeah that would be a really cool thing to do yeah, um, you know, definitely. just don't worry about tripods, just plonk it down somewhere, you know, and, mm -hmm. and away you go. There's a, a fella I called just need uh, to find a lab to get a discount with because I don't know what I'm going to do without my staff discount now. <laughs> I won't be able to shoot film in the same well, rate that I have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You, you mentioned a couple of places in Australia, but I don't know. I don't know how accessible labs and things are, uh, you know, and getting things developed. Um, yeah. I mean, it, some uh, a few years ago, Australian Twitter friends would say, oh, that's a, you know, it's really hard to get stuff and get things developed. I don't know whether it's changed now or not. We shall see. I'll let you yeah. know. Yeah. Anyway, Emma, look, um, it's been a real, a real delight. Um, I love everything you're doing. I wish you all the best, all the best in however long you stay in Australia. I'm sure whatever you end up doing will be uh, really hugely successful thank um, you thank well, you so much for having me well, well done with the grain splaining thing i think that's just going to be you know that's just a, a a well needed um you know mm. voice voice in the media and uh, linked to the she hearts film thing i think it's just fabulous because it's thank uh, you. yeah so um if folks want to sort of keep up with you um is that would that be instagram yeah, Instagram, a bit on Twitter. I refuse to call it X or whatever. Me too. That. Yes. And do, do you do you do you do you post or do you tweet? Uh a bit of both. I, I do like Twitter when I'm out somewhere or I need yeah. advice. It feels like a smaller community on there. Like I know I recognise my whole feed, which is really nice. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's just <laughs> Emma J Lloyd underscore and what else am I on? Grainsplaining is just at Grainsplaining. Yeah, yeah, there's an Instagram, which I just followed because I didn't know it was there. Oh, thank I just you. Followed that. And it's very, <laughs> that looks fun as well. So I should be giving that a listen and I shall post it on to my daughter. Emma, thank you so much again. Um, I'll let you get back to bed or whatever. Whatever it is you young people do at <laughs> yeah. nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Unemployed now, so we'll just chill out. <laughs> yeah, you can just stay in bed all day. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Bless you, Thanks Emma. So thank much. you. Thank you very much indeed. Um, safe travels. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Bye.